Well, hello and welcome to actually the 20th edition, 20th podcast of the Word with Jeff and Robin Brewer. Can you believe we've already done 20? That's amazing. It's gone by fast, yeah. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, usually, uh, I don't know how it factors in. I think... uh, uh, Nick was saying before the before the broadcast that you have to take in mind that some weeks we were off or whatever, and and how many months that's been I don't know, but twenty been been pretty fast. Yeah, yeah, and I've, I've enjoyed it with you. We've had we've had a lot of fun doing this. I, I think something we definitely didn't and, know how we would take it to doing something together like this, but right. we look forward to doing because we're both talkers, so we didn't know how this was going to work, the dynamics of it, and then the dynamic of it of you know just. <clears throat> Kind of doing our study and then seeing how it would, you know, you study and then I study and how it would come together. But you know what? The the Lord has just really just been blessing Seems it like and makes Spirit it work. That. And yeah. I hope you're enjoying it too. And in fact, if you are enjoying it, why don't you go ahead, like and share Amen. right now. And that way um, it gets it out to more people. And, and the more people that can hear the word of God, the better, right? And, um, you know, I, I, I think I said this on Sunday, be proud of your church. Whatever yes. your church is doing, go ahead and promote it. Or maybe you don't come uh, to Faith Builders, but you are just enjoying the word. You're enjoying our, this podcast. Go ahead, like and share, and let's get that out there. In fact, you might know this better than me, and I don't really say this ever, but if you're watching on YouTube, which we have a very small following on YouTube with this particular podcast, but if you are watching on YouTube, you can subscribe to the, the channel, and then you can hit the the uh, bell, is that what it is, for notifications? Yeah, is it that, or Facebook also does it. You can get notifications, so you you know, you know, won't have to try and remember, oh, are they on, and you know, kind I of go, a thing. I go but right just, to my you subscriptions. And YouTube, I watch probably YouTube yeah. more than anything else. I like to watch my preacher friends and stuff like that. And so I'll, I'll just, I'll see I'll see their names. I hit it, and it's right there. And it's all categorized and ready to go. If I want to rewatch something, it's right there. I got it in history. I can look, I think they call it library. Mm-hmm. I can go right to it, so it's kind of cool. So I wanted to to take this uh, into a, um, a, a certain direction, this this particular program, because we're in the brand new year, and a new year means planting new seed. Say that again. And us, us, for us to have a new year, we have to plant new seed. A farmer knows if he wants a new harvest, he has to get new seed in the ground. And I wanted to take it from Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, where it says, while the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. So I said this on Sunday, is the earth still here? Well, yeah, we're still on the earth, right? So therefore, guess what happens? Cold and heat, winter, summer, day and night shall not cease, but also seed time and harvest. And so you can break that up into three things. Uh, The Bible puts it as one word, seed time, harvest, but actually seed time harvest. In other words, you plant a seed, there's a period of time where you wait for that seed to germinate and to go through the process of 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 gaining roots and growing into what it's what it's supposed to be, whether that's a corn harvest or tomato harvest or potato harvest, whatever it happens to be. And but the time it time that's put in then produces a harvest. We know that it takes about four months or so for a particular harvest to come in. So so I'm patiently waiting for the seed to come about. And so I know, honey, we got we have seed the ground that we we put in the ground from last year. We believe in God for this year. I've got seed, we've got seed in the ground. We put in 20 years ago. Right. A lot of seed has come up, but that one big seed, that one really big seed, we haven't quite seen come to pass yet. There's been 
moments of greatness, and I thought, well, maybe that's the one. And I feel the Holy Spirit said, no, not yet. Give us some more time. It's coming, though. So obviously, whatever it is is going to be something that's going to be big. But I know if we wait we wait patiently, we will see the harvest. Um, I want us to look at, going off of that, I want us to look at Luke chapter 22 and verse 31. And honey, you can jump in whenever you feel the anointing and flow of the Spirit of God. But Luke 22, verse 31. Um, and by the way, Peter... Um, we're dealing with him for just a second, but Peter was a fisherman by trade. And so this was something he, um, the Bible talks about was his father's business. This might have been in, in, in his family line for many generations as it was in those days. You know, family would stay with a specific type of trade. Jesus, by, by the way, was a carpenter. Why? Because his father was a carpenter. Probably his father before him was one as well. And people get this idea that Jesus was some weak kind of hippie-ish kind of character but no he was a carpenter he carried loads of lumber and he built things his hands were rugged and strong and his build probably was the same uh, because he had to handle that kind of stuff well peter was was this kind of rough tumbly uh character who happened to be a fisherman by trade jesus knew that it was in human nature to settle and not press forward into destiny in other words most of the time most people get a, a something from god and um it becomes so big and so insurmountable that it seems like um, it's just easier to settle for what I have today rather than pressing into it because it's the unknowns, it's the variables, it's the hardships that come with it, it's the time. Right. Time is involved before you see the harvest come to pass, before you see your destiny comes to pass. And so Peter was in this place and and um, he warns Peter not, not to... Uh, be careful not to allow this pushback that's about to come in his life cause him to set back, okay? And we find this here in verse 31, and it says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, that was Peter's name, indeed Satan has asked for you. Isn't that interesting? I mean, some, sometimes I feel like that, Lord, why is he picking on me? Why is the devil always picking on me? But there's almost like an assignment from the enemy to stop the greatness of the value of the destiny that you have in your life. We've felt it in our lives. We've seen friends of ours have it in their lives, and we know that you feel sometimes the same way. So um, this is what happened, is happening to Simon Peter. He says, Satan has asked for you, watch this, <clears throat> that he may sift you as we, and I learned something about this, that he may sift you as wheat. But I prayed, I prayed for you that your faith should not fail. He did not pray and say, God, take this cup from him. Take this pressure from him. Right. Take this attack away from him. He didn't pray that. I wish sometimes that God, God would do that, but he didn't because he knew that something out of that chaos was going to bring the Christ, if you will, or bring the good out of the chaos, okay? And he said, I prayed for you that your faith should not fail. In other words, God's, Jesus's responsibility for us is to intercede on our behalf that what we're going through, we will pass the test. This year is about passing or finalizing the test, the final exam for the promotion, for the provision that God has for us. And if you didn't get my teaching on that, you want to find um, Sunday where, um, I don't know the title of the message is right now, offhand, but it's dealing with 2022, okay? It's the, fir it's, it's the first uh, Sunday in January. And um, and so he said, I'm praying that your faith will not fail. So you're going to pass this test because I'm praying for you and I'm believing for you. And when you have returned to me, so it looks like Peter's about to make a decision 
that he thought he would never make, and that was walk away from the Lord or walk away from the pressure that was going on in his life at that time. And he said, when you return to me, strengthen your brethren. Well, we know the story. Go ahead. Right. Let me, I I want to read that out of the Passion Translation because I I love the way it's worded in this. And again, that is Luke 22, verses 31 and 32. And it says it this way, Peter, my dear friend, listen to what I'm about to tell you. Satan has obtained permission to come and sift you all like wheat and test your faith. So there's, you were talking about the testing and it's talking about test your faith. But I prayed for you, Peter, that you would stay faithful to me no matter what comes. Mm -hmm. Remember this, after you have turned back to me and have been restored, make it your life's mission to strengthen the faith of your brothers. Yeah. I love that version That's powerful, powerful. Well, that's exactly what happened. We know the story. You probably know the story as well. And we know that Peter was put in a place of pressure. And he just told the Lord, he said, you know, he said, Peter said before the the rooster crows um, three times, you will have denied me. Before Before this day is over with, before morning comes, you will have denied me three times. No, Lord, I will never do so. I would die with you. There's no doubt in my mind, honey, that 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 Peter felt that way, that that was exactly his intention, that he had no problem laying down his life for the Lord. But there was something, when, when there's a demonic attack that is sifting you, right. that's come to sift you, I'll get to that in just a moment, it, 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 it renders you in a, in a, into a place of powerlessness. It's almost like you're stunned. And now the strength you once had, you don't have anymore. Maybe you've been going, you've been going through something similar to that in your life. That's what Peter went through. I've went through it. You've went through it. Right. And he was at this, um, the Bible says he was warming himself by the fire, and some woman said, you're a Galilean. He said, no, I'm not. And yes, you're, you're with him. You're with this one called Jesus. No, I'm not. Three times he denies the Lord, and then the, the rooster crows, and he knows what he's done. The Bible says he goes out into the night, and he weeps bitterly because of his action of what he had done. I just feel the Holy right. Spirit right now. Even in this very moment, there are people right now that you feel like you've, you've left the Lord, and you've not been faithful to God. I'm going to tell you something. This preacher right here, there was a time in my life I left the Lord. I was not faithful to God. I can relate to Peter and and it it broke my heart, but let me tell you who it broke more heart heart it broke more, and that was the king, the Lord. It broke his heart because because not because you fail, but because the potential is you can walk away permanently. The good news you've tuned in today to this very program to hear this very message that there's hope. So what happens? We know that what happens. Jesus, you know, when he, he he's raised from the dead, he says to these women, he goes, "Go tell my disciples," and Peter, that I am alive. Um, probably one of the most touching things we ever done was a production that we called uh, was called Jesus of Nazareth. Mm-hmm. It's a big production, like three hundred cast and crew, and and there's that scene where um, Martha runs to Peter, and Peter's weeping in the night. He's behind this rock, this boulder, and on the stage, and he's weeping. And she he, she says, Peter, Peter, he's alive, he's alive. And, and who's alive? What do you mean? Jesus alive. He told me to tell you he's alive. And he screams in joy and thrill and he's rejoicing and he's crying. I, I, I will never deny you again. And he runs to Jesus. And I'm, I'm telling you, that's exactly the way it was. The Bible says that, that Jesus, and same, by the way, for you as well, Jesus um, said, I prayed for you. 
And I prayed that your faith wouldn't fail for the, the enemy of Satan has come to sift you as we watch this. I learned this. The process of sifting the wheat, the problem with it is it can cut the seed. And if it cuts the seed, it renders it impotent. So in other words, it has no power to bring forth or to reproduce after itself. So the even though Peter was cut down like the wheat, the seed, the, the faith he had about who Jesus was and, and who he was in Christ was not cut. That, that, that meant he was able to once believe again and get back on his feet and leave the fisherman trade and get back becoming not just a disciple, but an apostle for the Lord Jesus Christ and one of the greatest apostles of all time in living memory. I got so caught up this afternoon um, looking at video, watching videos. Have you, you know, to, to watch videos when it talks about sifting? Because modern times we think of, you know, well, let me get out this little, you know, sifter and I'm going to sift some flour so it makes my cake mm. fluffy and you know we do the little you know tap 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 sip we have one yeah um yeah mm -hmm. and but the thing was is i got so caught up today in watching videos of you know um in other countries of how they take this wheat oh, that's interesting and how they yeah. sift it and the beating you know you they, they oh, just right. sit and there was one video I watched and there was like eight women, there was four on each side of this, you know, on this floor. And they had, it just looked, it was a stick with a whip at the end. And they're just in unison of hitting this wheat. And they just stand there out in the sun and they're doing this. And it's a beating, beating, beating. Mm. And then you have another group of women that are over here. Now they're taking that and they're, you know, they're doing a <clears throat> sifting with this big basket. And I was in such Ah, because sometimes we do get in that place where we we don't realize, you know, we go, okay, you know, the, the enemy comes and, you know, to sift me. He really wants to come to beat you and to just destroy you. But understanding that in that time is where that seed is coming forth. Yeah. It's where all the other stuff is breaking away. All those other things in our life that need to be gone and need to be broken off of our life. Um, you know, the enemy thinks he's coming to destroy you, but God is saying, I want to take what the enemy means for evil, and I'm going to turn it around for good, and I'm going to pull the seed out of you, that seed that is needed, you know, for substance. It's needed for survival. And so I, I, I got so caught up. So, honey, you got a lot of notes. I have little because I was so caught up and watching these videos over and over and, you know, I like going them. through all I like those. Them. I know the process can cut the seed, yeah. and when it, it breaks it open, it can it can kill the seed, right. the potential of its power to, to germinate and bring forth a harvest so and and but people got to remember but by the way we, we've seen that we have sown that going into 2022 and we have seen new seed that has to be sown yet this year mm -hmm. and the enemy wants to stop that he wants right. to stop he wants to render it powerless in our lives and folks we got to recognize that this is demonic this is the enemy he's trying to always put us down the bible actually actually warns us uh robin and says this um the sower comes to sow this the, the seed and he's there's some seed that went on on the wayside, right. stony ground, thorny ground, and then good ground. Mm -hmm. We're all trying to get our seed to be on the good ground because we know that it will germinate and bring forth a harvest in life. But the problem is um, sometimes we're, we're not given good ground right off the bat, and so we got to use what we have. 
Even even uh, we see this with the story of Isaac, where he, he was told to sow seed in the land of Gerar, which there had been an incredible famine, and everybody was high, uh, hightailing it to uh, Egypt because it was uh, it had been raining there, and the ground was 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 moist. So, but God said, "No, I'll bring forth the harvest here," and he, he received a hundredfold by obeying God. My point is, is that the, there was seed that went on the wayside. And it's interesting to note the Bible says in the seed that went on the wayside, the birds of the air came and stole the seed. So the enemy is likened unto these birds of the air that come to steal the seed. The sower comes to sow the word. The word is the word that we speak. The word is the word that we obey, right? And that's the seed that goes into the ground. And that, by the way, that means every word that's from the word becomes a seed. You can't sow the Bible, the actual physical book. Right. It's the word. So when you sow uh, love towards somebody, you're sowing a seed of love. If you sow a financial gift into the kingdom of God, you're sowing a, a financial gift. And all of these will return to you 30, 60, and 100-fold. It's seed sown. Seed, then there's time, then there's a harvest. But the enemy is always trying to come against that seed. And the seed of God in you has only one desire, and that is to multiply. It doesn't want to give you back one um ear of corn with no other seed right. it gives you hundreds of seeds within that i wish i knew the number but you can look it up there's quite a bit of seed that is in one um uh, ear of corn that comes from one kernel of of corn so um it always wants to multiply so when we plant seed in 2022 we're going to get a multiplication of love a harvest of love, multiplication and harvest of joy, multiplication and harvest of hope, of business, of ministry, of family, whatever that you're sowing towards. Right. I, I told this to the church, they kind of chuckled, but it really happened. We had a, a woman in our church that wanted to get married. You remember this? Mm -hmm. And and every week on her tithe envelope, she put a tithe in there, and then she would, I, I would say, name your seed. In fact, I did it last Sunday. Name your seed. Put a name on your seed on the envelope, and will it come into power agreement with you? So they would give me the envelopes. And so this woman put a person's name that she wanted to marry. She said, I want to marry so-and-so. Didn't remember mm -hmm. that? I oh, thought, yeah. oh no, I don't know if I can even, I don't even know I should come in agreement with this because I don't want to manipulate the situation here. But I thought, you know, this is where her faith is. God, if it's you, it's you. If it's not, it, she never said anything to, to, the, to him. Never. Nothing. Never said a word, and next thing you know, they're dating. I was like, oh my goodness, next thing you know, they I married them. And then I've got children now, and, and the, whole, the whole works. My point is, is that you can get very literal right. with your seed. You know, we need to, some, sometimes we're, um, we forget the seed that we've sown. Mm. God never forgets the seed. He never, see, he, yeah, he he never, never forgets. forgets. But, you know, maybe what we need to start doing is, um, you know, in a notebook, on your phone, and an app on your phone, is to start writing down your seed. You know, if you're, you tithe, you give your offering, you need to write that down in a book because what happens is, is that the enemy will come when you have a dream, when you have, you know, that thing that you're believing God for, and the enemy comes and tells you, you can't do it. All you need to do is pull out the pull out that you know piece of paper, pull out your phone, and say, you know what? No, 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 no. See this seed. This seed will come to pass. There is a harvest time destined with this seed. See this right here. 
It's my seed. And that way, you know, you can remind the devil, but you also remind yourself too. Because sometimes, honey, you know, people will go around and go, well, I'm believing for this. And, you know, I, I, I'm just, you know, uh, I, I believe I'm, I have a harvest coming. Well, have you planted any seeds? Have you planted the seed of the word? Have you planted seed financially? Have you planted a seed of being a blessing to somebody else? All that you can begin to write down and put that down as your seed to remind yourself, remind the enemy. But it does remind you that all of a sudden you go, you know what? I haven't planted seed. I haven't been faithful. And if I, I, I know God is a multiplying God. In fact, Hebrews 6.14 says, um, surely blessing, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply you. That is a that is, is a exactly promise right. out of the word of God, Acts 12, 24. But the word of the Lord continued to grow and to be multiplied. Jeremiah 30, 19, <clears throat> from them will proceed thanksgiving and the voice of those who celebrate, and I will multiply them, and they will not be diminished. I will honor them, and they will not be insignificant. It's good. Man, how many times, guys, have we just felt so insignificant? How many times have you taken that seed, which seems insignificant to others, and you've planted that seed. God is saying that I will honor them and I, and they will not be insignificant. What a great promise out of the word of God. Amen. So there there is that importance of naming that seed. It is. And even, even you know, Christ is named, right? So we know that. And the Bible talks about he must be the capital S seed of God, right? right. So when God wanted a family, what did he have to do? He had to plant a seed. He gave his only begotten son. He took right. the risk. And that son had to do what? Die. What does a seed do? It has to go into the ground and die. What did Jesus do? He went in the tomb and he, and he was dead to bring forth what? Life. And then it multiplied. It went from the disciples. And then it went to the the, the 70. Then it went to the 500. And it went, it went further into the into the Samaria and the other, part, other outer parts of the world. This is what God does. He starts with something small. That's why you don't despise the day of small things. Why? It's going to produce. It's going to not just produce an ad. It's going to multiply. It's going to become exponential. I'm reminded of the story about Hannah and how Hannah wanted a, a child so badly and she was embarrassed because all the other women that were her friends had children and she had no kids and so she she went to a place where she was going to eat anything anymore she was just going to seek god she was determined that she was going to have a child and it, she was partly weeping because she couldn't have one but also trusting hoping in god that she could get one have a child and it got so bad. She was in the she was in the in the uh, te- temple. The Bible says, and she was praying. And Eli, the priest, thought she was drunk because she was right. staggering and she was just in so much turmoil over the situation. And um, and so uh, Eli gives her a promise of of her having a child. But what's interesting is this: God heard her prayer. Mm-hmm. What was so cool is God wanted a prophet, right? God wanted a, she wanted a child, but God wanted a prophet. So God was looking for a seed. He said, look, if you give me your first son and allow me to train him in my temple to be a prophet unto me, I'll open your womb. And she said, Lord, I just want my womb to be able. I want to have children. And so he said, fine. And not only did he, God, do this, gave uh, her a child mm-hmm. so that he could, that, so that she could give him a prophet, but God opened her womb and she had five more additional right. children. You know, I think about, you know, um, our situation and um, as a teen, as a teenager, I worked in the children's ministry, you know, of, of my church that mm-hmm. I was, you know, brought up in. And um, 
did a lot of things with teaching, you know, kids and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And whenever they they were like, when well, we need helpers or we need a teacher, I would always, you know, step up and, and serve. And and uh, then at one point they said, we want you to take over the whole children's ministry. And I did that. And, and you know, sometimes you don't feel called to something, but you're just going to be obedient. And that's what I was doing at that time. It was like, you know what, God, I'm just going to, I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to serve these children and be a blessing to them and teach them Jesus. And then, you know, we get married and I find out that, you know, their they're doctors telling me that I'm not going to be able to have children. And, um, and the situation that I had, I thought I would probably be able to, you know, be pumping babies out like crazy. And they're like, no, it's the opposite that happens. And you're not going to be able to have kids. And, and it's been proven that, you know, you'll never be able to get pregnant. But if you do get pregnant, you'll never carry the baby full term. A chance of miscarriage is 99.9% chance of miscarriage. And, um, you know, you just have to just understand that that's what's going to happen. And here we were just, um, just married. And now I have to tell my husband, that this woman that that he's married to now is being told she can't have kids, and you should probably say I know we got plenty to cover, but yeah. you should probably say um, it's because she had two uteruses, so it's very very difficult. The, these uteruses would be small, and and it'd be very delicate, and it would be difficult to be right. able to have and a child. And each uterus full, full only had one ovary, and they said that when you have two uteruses like yeah. that, because they they the way that it's split is that you'll never be able to have a child to carry a child in the And that's uteruses. exactly what it is. It's it, the the uterus was um um it, it it was one uterus that had two sides basically is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And so um you know so uh, you know and and you know the uterus will not operate. Right. And, you know. But I said that for that, a reason but go ahead and finish yeah. your story. I'm sorry. So um you know so we just had to start believing God that Lord, that, you know, um, we're going to believe you for healing. We're going to believe you for a supernatural miracle to take place. But all through this time, I'm still serving children all through this time. I'm still teaching children's ministry all through this time. We started now taking not just children's ministry, but also, also youth ministry and everything is being you know, screaming in my ear mm. continually, every single month, screaming, you'll never be able to have a child. You'll never carry a child. This is never going to happen for you. But there was seed that was being planted continually. And there was seed that says, I want a child, so therefore I'm going to plant into other children's life. I'm going to teach them about Jesus, and I'm going to be, you know, uh, somebody that can just love on them and, you know, encourage them, tell them who they are in Jesus. So seed, seed, seed that was being put in the ground, and it took time. But when it was time for harvest, it, when it was, <laughs> I mean, you could talk that far. But when it, it, now it became time for harvest and I get pregnant. And not only do I get pregnant, but I carry this child full term. Not only do I carry it full term because the doctor kept saying, this is never, you'll never carry a child. So not only do I carry him, I carry him to the I mean, right up to the complete nine months and feeling great and feeling energetic. And I have this wonderful, amazing son. Now get this. Yes, that's what I'm going to say. And a couple years later, 
Because we're like, God, you are a miracle working God. And Lord, I thank you for that one child. What a blessing. What a miracle. But God, you're not a God that just does one thing. You're a God that multiplies. God, I want another one. And not only do, you know, I carried our son in one uterus, but I carried our daughter in the other uterus. So what they said was totally impossible to do. And then they were stunned that I would have a child and be able to carry a child. But then they were like, well, you know, okay, that one uterus, you might've done something, you know, carry the one, but the other one is totally dead then. And it's never going to happen. And I love that God just says, sit back and watch what I do. So I carried one in each uterus and... God did a miracle, but there was seed that was being yeah. planted. And I just want to encourage you with that. And, and as you, you've got so much great stuff to talk about, but in the time that you're waiting, mm-hmm. plant the seed, whatever you believe in God for, that's a perfect opportunity to plant seed. We talk about this all the time. There's people that, you know, they're singers or musicians and they want to make it big. I want to cut an album. I want to do all this kind of stuff. What are you doing for your church? Mm-hmm. Are you on the praise and worship team? Are you in, you know, are you in part of the band? Um, if you want children, are you being a blessing to children? If you want to do this, are you know, find a place where you can plant seed into the very thing that That's you're good. believing God for. No matter what that a business, you know, if, if I want to have this business, well, why don't you go and be a blessing to, to a, a, somebody else who's just started a business? Why don't you go and say, hey, listen, I want to come and just be a blessing to your family while you're working or while you're putting time in to do this. Ask the Lord, what can I do for planting this seed? You give God what he wants. He'll give you what you want, except he's going to multiply it. Exactly. If you one baby, he gave you two. Hannah didn't give one baby, gave her five. I believe that this could be your year of birthing. Now, when I say that, men go, huh? Well, this spiritual birthing. You know, you get a, a, a word seed that comes inside of your spirit. And now you have to give it time, but then there's going to come forth a harvest. But there's a process. In fact, there are six stages that you go through to birth your destiny in the earth. Did you know that? Mm -hmm. There are six stages in your uh, life that you go through to birth your destiny in the earth. And I'm going to give them to you very quickly. Number one is barrenness. That's the time. Well, this stage is where you seemingly are non-productive. It's where things haven't quite worked out the way you planned. It's like you know there's destiny. You know there's something great, valuable about your life. You know that God wants to do something, and you have an excitement about it, but it's barren. And maybe you've been told by so many people. You've been told by a parent or a teacher. You've Mm -hmm. been told by an ex. You've been told, you know, you told yourself, you know, that it's not going to happen. This stage of going through barrenness brings forth a frustration and frustration long enough leads to two things. Number one, it leads to pressurized decisions. And number two, it leads to quitting. How often have we gotten a place of doing one or the other when we felt like things weren't moving, where things were not, things were not happening. This is the barren part of, of that, of that. Okay. There's, there's a seed there, but there's absolutely nothing. Well, the seed hasn't quite yet come, but I know this promise, right? right. But yet, I haven't quite yet received it into myself as an, as an amen in my own heart. That leads us to pressurized decisions. People start making all kinds of crazy um, decisions that are under pressure or they, or they end up quitting. I want to make this statement before you actually quit, before you actually quit something, take some time to sit back. 
sit back and, and, and assess the situation if you're actually done or not. Am I really going to quit this thing? Or is there still yet for me to something for me to believe? Right. Galatians says, be not weary while doing good. For in due season, say due season, honey. Due season. <laughs> we shall reap if we faint not, if we don't give up, right? Number two, the second stage of conception is conception brings a newness uh, I'm sorry, the second stage is conception. Wrote that down weird. The second stage is conception, and conception brings a newness to your heart and anticipation to your life. So the first stage is barrenness. The second stage is conception, and that brings a, an anticipation and newness to your life. This is the stage where your life takes on new meaning. You, you now have the seed. It's alive inside you. Thoughts flood your mind with new possibilities. It's a seed of hope. And sometimes that just that seed of hope is all you really need for your, your life to really kick off in the right direction. When you know there's a seed of hope, what do you start doing for the baby? You start planning for the baby. You start getting the baby's clothes, the baby diapers, the baby wipes, you know, the, uh, the baby, um, I don't know, pacifiers and bottles and a room and a crib. And it's not even there yet, but you're, you're, you're making provision for it. First uh, uh, Peter one twenty three says, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, corruptible through the word of God, which lies and, and abides forever. It lives and abides forever. Okay. All right. Stage three. Uh, third stage is formation. Formation is when the baby starts to develop in the womb. Now you probably speak to this yeah. a little bit more than I can. Well, I remember the first time, um, you know, of going, I need maternity clothes now, you know, because you, you don't, you don't see what's happening. Right. You, you know, it's just, you got the word from the doctor and, you know, and, but you can't see anything happening, but now a little bit is happening. And now, you know, I need maternity clothes. And back, back when our son, cause our, you know, our son is um, 31, he'll be 32 this year. And, um, that was they didn't have the cute maternity clothes like they have now or what women do and they they just like i'll just wear this t-shirt and you know everything right. back then i mean the 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 pleat started like here around yeah. your neck and right. just went straight out tent wise and i remember um going okay um, this is my first night i'll never forget it was a church event and they were doing something in the gym it was like a you know fun gathering or something and i was gonna <clears throat> excuse me, wear, wear this maternity shirt. And I kept going. I was so embarrassed for some reason. I was excited because it was like, I get to wear this maternity clothes and now, you know, it's finally time. But then there was that other thing of going, but I don't really look pregnant. And yet I'm going to wear this big, huge <laughs> shirt. And, and it is that place of when you're in that place where it is that hidden progress what happens is, is that the enemy's going to come and make you feel ridiculous. You know, why are you saying those things? Why are you believing for that? Why are you taking steps to do this thing that you say you're going to do? Because come on, you know, people are going to ridicule you. They're going to make fun of you. It's, you're really not, should, you know, you really shouldn't be doing this. All these kind of things are going to flood your brain at that time. And I remember just walking in going, everyone's going to look at me. Well, yeah, I'm pregnant. I've already told everybody I'm pregnant. Why would I feel this way? And they're going to make fun that I'm in this, you know, the shirt. Anyways, don't get embarrassed with the hidden progress. 
you know. It's in you. Whether you can see it or not, whether you feel a little bit, you know, sometimes people, what's that the saying? They always say, well, you're too, you know, you're just, you know, you're too big for your britches kind of mm -hmm. a thing. You're thinking too high of yourself. You're thinking too far in advance and it's not going to happen. It's all right. It's a hidden progress, but it is progress. Progress. And embrace that and keep <clears throat> going and keep doing and keep right. planning and keep preparing and keep taking those steps necessary. Keep speaking those things that God has put on the inside of you because sooner or later, you will fill out that maternity shirt. Pretty soon, you're oh, going to be yes. busting at the seams. So oh, the yes. hidden progress is, is still progress. Keep going. Amen. At this stage, we, we amp up two things, our faith confession and our intercession, because we're still not there yet. It's it's progress, but it's hidden from the world. We, When you're pregnant, you know something's happening. Right. You feel your body changing, shifting. Um, you feel hormones are different. Things are changing. But, um, but the rest of the world doesn't. So you keep on your faith confession. You don't let go of what you believe in God for. You talk like it's in existence because it is, even though the world can't see it yet. And you begin to, you amp up your intercession. You believe God, trust God, and you pray. It becomes a time of trusting like no other time. And by the way, this year, 2022, the Lord spoke to me, it's a time of trusting as well while we're, while we're, where we, while we're in this year. Number four, the fourth stage is birthing birthing. This is where things get intense. So you move from hidden progress, nine months, bang, and labor start, starts, right? And you have all these mixed emotions. Now, I don't know this. My wife can speak this better to me than, than I can, and you ladies out there can do the same that have had children. Giving birth is intensely exciting, but it's also intensely painful, and it's not for the weak of heart. But here's the thing. No matter if you're weak or not, you are going to have that baby. You're still going to go through it, and you're right. going to have that child. That's right. For for us, it was a little bit different because um, you had cesarean um, uh, C-section for both of our children. Uh, both kids were breached because the womb was smaller, because the uterus was smaller. They couldn't really move in there that much. Yeah. And and that was the other thing too. Our kids, they were both eight pound, you know, yeah. babies. So yeah. I mean, biggins. They, <laughs> They took up a lot of room in that that little half of, and so they couldn't they didn't move that much. So they had that C section, and but you did go through the labor. We decided, well, the first one, second one, we we actually had an appointment for that one. But the but the first one, one our, our son, uh, we said no, we're going to believe God, we're going to trust God, and everything was thank God we did because everything was perfect. But Nick just didn't move, so we had to have the C section. But uh, regardless. Um, uh, you still had to go through the labor, and the labor was intense. And ladies have been through it, not just the labor, but, you know, I'm, I'm getting kind of graphic here, but the tearing, the all the stuff that goes with all this stuff, it's not and easy to do. And the fact that you kept touching me, that was, that was probably like that. just as bad as labor. And I kept girls, trying to you know, caress he kept, her. He kept going, honey, it's okay. And I'm like, like, I'm like, okay, you got to just stop touching me because everybody's no, touching me. It wasn't, honey, stop touching It was stop touching me. <laughs> Well, that was oh probably after the fifth time. And you would go, you'd literally go, I would say, stop touching me. And you'd go, okay. Like this. You and know, I, was I like, don't oh, do my, I didn't know what to do with myself. But, <laughs> but the thing is, I remember actually, I actually felt um, uh, hurt. My feelings got hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that feeling. I feel hurt, man. Why would you talk to me like that? But she was in another world um, dealing with labor. And so things are exciting, but they get intensely painful as well. But you're going to have the baby. Fifth stage is maturing. And by the way, this year I think is going to be a lot of birthing pain, but we're going to have the baby. 
Uh, fifth stage is maturing. Maturing brings balance to your life and disciplined decisions to your life, not those rash decisions because you're frustrated and angry. That's why the house of God is so important, I believe, because why? You get good information to what? To mature. We want that baby to grow up and to mature and to become a good citizen in life. And the sixth stage is destiny. This is the stage where you are living on purpose, for purpose, and have a proper perspective of what and who you are. Um, children of Israel, they forgot who they were. They go out, spy the land, 12 of them, and 10 came back, come back and said, we can't do it. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. So they have a low self-esteem. Gideon, you know, you're a mighty man of valor. Are you sure you got the right guy? I'm over here protecting a small pea patch, and I got, you're calling me a mighty man of valor? Right. He didn't have a proper perspective of himself, of, of who he was. Uh, Moses, um, God had to tell him, this is who you are. Abraham, this is who you are. Mo uh, David, this is who you are. Each and every one of them, he had to give them a proper perspective of who they are. All right, let me show you how to be a 2022 multiplier. Ready? Here we go. Get connected. Get connected. Get this. Abraham couldn't have children by himself. He received a promise, but he had to come on, connect with his wife, connect with Sarah in order for them to have a child, right? right, right. So you need to be connected where? In the house of God, being connected. If you're not able to come to this house, stay connected uh, online or find a house where you can be connected to. Um, but we're, we've, we're, we're growing online and people love our ministry. And, and so we're trying to engage that in this right. 2022 process. And, and, and we understand that, but stay connected. Um, he had a promise, but needed connection. Sarah represents the church. She may have been old, but she was still beautiful and she could still produce. So to be a multiplier, get connected to the church, connect to the vision, and watch your life produce. Right. Number two, um, if you're going to be a multiplier in 2022, you have to sow seed. You have to be a sower. Abraham had to sow a seed to receive his son Isaac. Some might say, but um, I have been doing it. Then keep sowing. Keep sowing. Right. The harvest is going to come. Abraham had 300 disappointments before the promise came. What do you mean? Bible talks, theologians believe it was probably up to 25 years before the promise actually came, right? That meant once a month, you know, a woman's cycle was in, in play, and that was, that was 300 times where Sarah says, not this month, not this month, it came, not this month, it came, not this month, right? So 25 years and 300 disappointments before it came to pass, but it came right. to pass. Uh, in other words, this is what we're, this is our dependency is trusting in God and sowing that seed. And number three, if you're going to be a multiplier in 2022, get what's wrong inside of you fixed. Sarah laughed. Sarah didn't believe when Abraham said, you're going to bear a child even in your old age. She was like, no way, no how. Even tried to, you know, um, try to Hook shoot off to, yeah, mm -hmm. to Eliezer. Somebody else. And so, or not Eliezer, but um, to uh, one of the handmaidens, I'm sorry. And, and so, um, so 
you got to embrace the process, you know, and let God fix you. Embrace what you're going through. Yeah, it's not easy when you don't see it all happening, but it's hidden progress. When you these different, even the birthing stage is exciting, but it's still painful, right? You're still going through the process. Embrace the process because you know God is going to fix you. That walk in faith and in victory and not in doubt and in confusion. That's not God's best for you. Amen? So we want to pray with you. We love you so very much. We thank God for you, and we hope this has encouraged you. I believe that this whole year is going to be about you either getting pregnant or birthing or something, but you're, in, you're somewhere in that process. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. We thank you for the people that have tuned in to watch us today, Lord God. We thank you that you handpicked those people. You know exactly who was going to watch today, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, that it's brought encouragement to them. Let us stir them up to trust you and to believe and not to be afraid that this is going to be a good year, Father. No matter what it looks like in the surface, it's going to be a good year. Joy comes in the morning. And Lord God, the joy, Lord God, of a child is so wonderful. And the joy of a promise coming to pass is so, so wonderful. Let that joy, Lord God, fill us this year that we can see our destiny, our purposes, our dreams, our desires come to pass, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. And we give you praise for it. We love you. God bless you. Until next time. Bye-bye.